Does this kind of feel like a holy moment? Can we have an applause of praise? It just is awesome. Thank you, guys. We are, we are so blessed to have a worship team like we have. Well, good morning. My name is Steve Trelau, and I get the joy of serving you on the consistory as an elder and on the executive board as the chief governance officer. You may hear it termed as CGO. And wanted to take a few moments this morning and just say, you probably remember in the past, every month a member of a different member of the, the executive board would come up and, and offer a prayer and lead in the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to continue that going forward. And let me tell you why. It feels like it's an important thing for you to get to know the faces and the names of your executive board. And there's another reason that we want to do it is we're hoping to introduce each month kind of a, we're calling it a, a minute from our meeting. Um, we want to share some pertinent information as it comes up from our prior uh, executive board meeting, things that might be of interest, things that you might need to know. So you'll be hearing that. We'll try to keep it really short going forward. So that's what I'm doing today. Um, and if you want to know more about the executive board, check out our church website at uh, www.trcpella.com and go down the governance link and you'll find a little bit more description about what the board does. So now I would like to pray for you and I'd ask that you would join me with the Lord's Prayer at the end. Father God, uh, we are so grateful. We are so blessed and we pray that you would just pour out your spirit on every person here on every person listening, on every person who walks through our doors. Lord, I pray that we would be a people who run hard after you. I pray that you would give us new passion, new joy in your word and in your, in your just being present with you, Lord. And we thank you for being here because you've told us whenever two or more are gathered here, there you are in our midst. So we thank you and we pray, Jesus, we thank you for the life you lived is an example for us, and we pray that you would teach us to continually follow you daily in deeper and deeper ways. And now would you hear our prayer as we join together and pray the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And I also said that we would share just a, a little bit of our minutes. Um, what you need to know this week um, is this morning, the, members of the, new, the new members of the consistory that you voted on were installed at the 8 o'clock service. And if we can get their picture up, their names up, these are the people that you have elected, and I ask that you would look over them, pray for them, support them, encourage them, and thank them for putting their yes on the table to serve. So thank you. I'm excited and I'm really nervous. And I'm, I'm, this is why. I, 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 I have a, I said this last week, I think there's something about this series that is very, very important. I don't know what. But I'm concerned that those under 40 are going to think he is getting old and senile. 
And so I just want to put a caveat here. It's going to take three weeks. You've got to come back for three consecutive weeks because the first three weeks are just deep slogging. So this week, I'm, today, I'm going to just try to do uh, uh, chapter 1, 1 through 11, and I'm going to frame everything around the words, let's pretend. And what I'm going to be suggesting in these first verses, the prologue, is the, the teacher wants to blow up a game we play called Let's Pretend. And so he's going to speak frankly about living, how to live well, how to flourish, but he's going to have to first give us some different perspectives. So quick summary for last week. I have slides two and three, Morgan, please. So this is what I'm trying to say for 12 weeks in a few bullet points. The teacher is going to say to us, if we can acknowledge we're going to live for a short time, knowing that if we will embrace our deaths, we will die. Not just acknowledge it in the heads, but experientially say, I understand, I will die. Why is that important? So that, knowing we're going to die, we can enjoy this life, this day, today, the simple gifts of today, because we know Someday Jesus comes back to make all things right. So we have to get our heads around two fixed points in life. Can I suggest this? We have, all of us have two fixed points in life. You will die and Jesus will return. That, that, that those two things will happen. So what the teacher wants to say is, if you can embrace that, we will all die. Embrace, not just hit, not in the head. I'm going to die. So in the, in the next few weeks, I'm going to have conversations with people who can acknowledge my days in life are short. But don't hear this as negative. See, this, this whole thing is intended to be positive. So in week one, in a few minutes, I'm going to go through, let's pretend. Let's pretend, let me just, I'll preview it. Let's pretend that I can be, I'm speaking for all of us. Let's pretend we can be richer than rich. Then we could. Let's pretend we could be the most beautiful, strong, attractive person. Then we could. Let's pretend that our business, our team, our schools, our family is gonna be the greatest ever. And then we could. And we live our life pretending that all these things are going to happen. And so we live a life of pretending instead of a life that is real. And so we're going to focus on this morning of how in chapter 1, run through 11, he's going to blow up our pretending. And he's going to invite us to say, think about living today. So, the fourth one, the Lord is going to come back to make all things new and right and good and beautiful and abundant. The next slide, please. So this is my sentence. This is the sentence for the series. Would we be willing to face our own death honestly so that we can choose to live intentionally, which allows us to flourish in love? Stop pretending Live honestly. I'm going to die. But that death allows me to live with freedom today because I know it's all going to be made right. Well, we'll go there in a second. Chapter 1, 1 through 11. Could you open your Bibles, please, to that? I'm going to read it through as is, and then I'm going to take you through it more slowly. 
chapter one, verses one through 11. And I've got to do some word explaining after I read it all through. So chapter one, one through 11, the teacher speaks, the words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. And then he asks a question, what do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? And now he uses creation, and he begins to describe what he sees in verses two and three. Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south. It turns to the north. Round and round it goes, every turning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. Now he's going to go to his eyes, his ears, his sight. The eye never has enough seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be, will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which we, one can say, look, this is something new. It was already here long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. People of God, the word of God. Now look at verses two and three. First, let me give you a slide. Megan, may I have a slide? Morgan, Morgan. Not more, that's the, I'm going to get it right. If I get it wrong, yell at me. Slide five, please, Morgan. A couple words. So last weekend in the video we saw, the Bible Project video, the word meaningless in our Bible is hevel. You, in Hebrew, you say bees, you say v, hevel. The word hevel can be translated meaningless, fleeting, futile, or breeze. And I'm going to use the word breeze or breath because about 30 times in the passages of Ecclesiastes, you'll you see the phrase, something is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. So what I'd like to have you think about as I read this in just a moment again is he's saying all, all these things of life, all the things we play pretend about are just breath. They're just here and they're gone. They're here and they're gone. And then he asks, the next verse, what do we gain from all this stuff? And the word gain is specifically means what is left at the end of your life? So if everything just is breath, not meaningless, I'm using the word, it's just, it's just, it's here and it's gone. It's here, it's gone. Our lives are just here. It's all gone. What do you gain? So he says, we, we toil, we work so hard. I, I got to get good grades. I want to be a good athlete. I want to be a great drama person. I want to have a successful company. I want a great relationship. And we strive, and these are good things, but we strive and strive and strive. And then he's going to say to us, and you know what's going to happen? And you're all going to die. And once you're dead, what have you left? What's left? So we pretend, we pretend, we pretend, we pretend, we pretend, and we don't acknowledge. All the stuff we're pretending about, almost all of it, is just going to be a breeze. And he's saying, remember, 
remember, there's nothing left at the end. More than 500 funerals. I have never seen a U-Haul or Hertz or Ryder truck behind a, cap, behind a casket in a hearse. Not once. Everything we strive for, listen, everything we strive for will be left. And so what he's saying, he's just being so realistic. He's saying breath, breath, breath. Everything just, just keep. And then he says, what's left at the end? So then he starts talking about creation. In verse four, he just talks about the, the patterns of creation. And he says in verse four, generations and generations go, but the earth remains forever. And he's gonna talk about things. Now, I said this last week to you, and one person came up to me. I want you to think about this. Can you tell me your great-grandparents' key values in life? Can you tell me where your great-grandparents lived? Could you tell me about what was really important to them? What could you tell me about your great-grandparents? And almost none of us can remember anything. And what he says is generations come and generations go. But what stays the same? The earth, the sun, the stars, the water. So we're striving, we're striving, we're hevel, 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 hevel. What's left at the end? Nothing except the earth. Well, then he changes his metaphors and he goes to the eyes. And look what he says in verse, verse uh, eight, or verse seven. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. What are we going to say about all this? The eye never has enough of seeing. The ear enough. We can't see enough. We can't hear enough. We, but let's, let's pretend. Let's, more, more. This is, this is the thing. My confession. You know, I, I just watch how much, how, my phone has got, my phone is a demon. It just draws me in. I just, I just, I just got, I just, I can't get enough seeing. I can't get enough hearing. I want to know more. I want to see more. I want to experience more. And it says more, more. And what, is it, what, is, what does Ecclesiastes say? You never get enough. No matter how much you see, you never get enough. No matter how much you hear, Kevin, you never get enough. Hevel. Hevel. It's just breath. Kevin, what do you gain for all your toil? The eye can't see the ear. What, what? And he ends up in verse 10. Is there anything of which we can say something new? And I'm going to just explain that for just a second. Something new. He is not saying that there are no new things ever invented. He is saying that nothing that humans can create will break the cycle of heaven. It's all going to blow away. It's all going to be gone. And when you're in a casket right here, what's left? What have you gained from all this striving under the sun? 30 times under the sun, under the sun. It can be something below the sun, this life, the sun up above, the life to come. I think it's better used chronologically. It's what, what can we do in this time that fundamentally has eternal value and purpose? And will we stop playing let's pretend? Well, let me talk about that for just a little more. Let's pretend. 
So I just wrote, I, I alluded to it real quick. And then we're going to show you a video clip. Let's pretend that if we could be incredibly wealthy, we could fill in the blank. Let's pretend that if we were incredibly beautiful or incredibly strong or incredibly famous, we could fill in the blank. Let's pretend that we have a million followers. Then we could, what? You post something and get a thousand likes. Let's pretend we could, what? Well, let's pretend we would be married. Or, let's pretend we're not married. We could. And what I observe, I think what Ecclesiastes is saying is, we're always pretending, longing for this pretending. We're living for pretending. And he's saying, oh, don't do that. Watch this video clip. What happens when we pretend? Watch this. So think about how many hours did it take to build one of those things? How many days? Now think about our lives. We work and we work and we strive and we work and we work and we strive and we strive and then something yellow bulldozer called death comes. And what's left? Everything we have pretended is so important means nothing because we're dead. And that's his point. We live our lives pretending. And what he's saying in chapter 1, verses 1 through 11 is, stop pretending. Stop pretending. Recognize everything is breath. So what does it gain to toil and toil and toil and strive and have ulcers and be so upset? For, what? Why? Why? He's going to keep asking, why? Could I ask you, why? How about this? Can I have slide seven, please? Could you ask yourself in the course of a day, in the course of a week, how often are we all playing let's pretend? Let's pretend. I'm going to live for this pretending. I can give you a story of my life. Let's pretend. When I was, when I was very uncoordinated growing up, blank screen please, Morgan. And you know the story. I was, went from 5'6 to 6'2 in the summer. Couldn't run, couldn't walk, blah, 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 blah. I wanted to play basketball, not, couldn't do anything. Um, finally got to play my senior year of high school and then I played in college a little bit. 
But, but I, my, goal, my goal was to be a really, really great basketball player. But here's the reason I wanted to be a basketball player. I wanted to be famous, and more than that, I wanted to have favor with, with people. I was really a good athlete. Because I was really uncoordinated. I was pretty uncoordinated. I was pretty... I was a loser in many ways. When I was in eighth grade, my glasses were so thick, they were as thick as Coke bottles. When I played basketball, my basketball coaches made fun of me in front of the whole school. But finally, I got a chance to play. My senior year of college was going to be my breakthrough year. I'd done pretty well before that. I was going to have a great ending last year. And for good reasons, the coach decided someone else needed to play instead of me. I was so hurt and so angry because I was pretending that basketball was going to make me a big person. And the Lord in his mercy took a yellow bulldozer and he said, Kevin, you're going to sit on the bench. But what you pretended for for so long will be taken away from you. It was the best thing that happened to me when I was a young man. How many times do we play let's pretend? And the good God who spoke to the teacher says, don't do that. Don't live that way. Understand, you have a short time here. Just, just a few years on this planet. So for the short time you're here, Enjoy the simple things of life. And that comes three weeks from now. He'll explain that. But that's what he's talking about. Can I have the slide again, Morgan? There we go. Hmm. Now notice what he said in verses two and three. Meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Here's my translation of that phrase. I, forgive me for being this presumptuous. Here's my translation the merest of breaths, the merest of breaths, everything in life is the merest of breaths. So Kevin, why do you play that's pretend all the time? Well, let me go to the next slide, please, Morgan. So I wonder, could we just take a couple minutes? Could, if you... If you're willing, this is, this is a voluntary invitation. But if you're willing, with someone around you, could you just answer, respond to one of these two questions? So how central is the game, let's pretend, to how I live? How much pretending do I live with? Or the second one, how could facing my death honestly and choosing to live intentionally help me to flourish in love. So if you're able and if you choose, could you take a couple of minutes, pick a question, and if you don't want to do it, you don't need to, but we would certainly invite conversation. So on your marks, get set, let's go. Give it a shot.
Okay, I'm going to ask for some feedback in just a minute, but I just talked to Kim, and she told me something, just prompted me. So yesterday, we, our nation was mindful of 20 years after 2001, 9-11, and Kim brought up uh, a man whose last name is Beamer, B-E-A-M-E-R. I can't remember his first name. What is it? Okay, Todd Beamer. Now, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So he knew, he knew his death was coming. So if I read or heard correctly, he calls some family member and has a conversation, not just a fast, a conversation. He's going to die. Conversation. Then he, with his, I think it was his wife, prays the Lord's Prayer on the phone, and the people all around joined in. He knows he's going to die. So for the last five, seven minutes of his life, he was living. And if you read what he did to get through the door, the people on the inside are hearing what's happening. All kind of, he was fully alive. Why? Because he knew he was going to die. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm not, not morbidly, just mindful. My death day is coming. Because it is, I'm going to live and flourish today. Some feedback. Anybody? A couple people. If the Holy Spirit got a nudge for somebody, and I'll repeat whatever you say. What, do you, what are you hearing, sensing as we talk about this? You were all just talking a minute ago. <laughs> Pretend this isn't church. We're at, the, we're, at a, we're at a sporting event. Yeah, please. Brenda. So are you saying, Brenda's saying, it's flourishing in love is not about doing. It's about being, being in the relationship with the Lord and others. Is that what you're saying? So you saw so in that light, let's, let's build off what Brenda's saying here. So if, if we are flourishing in love, then all of a sudden people are not interruptions for us. Think about this. When I was a young pastor, uh, I, I complained to a mentor. I had so many interruptions. People just coming into my office wanted to talk. And my mentor said to me, young man, wake up. Your job is interruptions. How many people does the Lord send our way who he wants us to notice and to see and to hear instead of just... And when I was young, man, I was on a schedule. But I tell you what, now that my son has died, my dad has died, I don't have much of a schedule anymore. You want to talk? Let's talk. What's in your heart? What's the Lord telling you? Can I share what he's telling me? And Brenda's comment, we flourish as we are actually in relationships. Is this, is this fair? So when I'm playing let's pretend, I will use anyone and everything to achieve the goals I have for me. But when I flourish in love, I'm not trying to use you for my gain. I'm asking if we can be in relationship. 
That's something different. Thank you, Brenda. Anybody else? Observation, comment? Yep. Keep unpack a little bit. Important of being present. The Heitings were just sharing that it, it's, it's to be connected in the relationships. See, this is why I've been pushing with you the idea of who's my neighbor. So if I'm recording Jesus, you should love the Lord your God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, and neighbors yourself. And I've tried to, tried to get you to reframe neighbor. Our neighbor starts with the people we live with. And then our neighbor is the next circle of people close to us. And it is probable we don't have that many neighbors. So we want to we want to flourish in love with husband and wife, the high things together. We want to flourish in these relationships. But if I'm playing, let's pretend. You know, we could be, I, we could say my spouse. I, I I honor my spouse if he or she does X and Y and Z. You know, I honor my kids if they do. If they turn on this way. Da, da, da. It just becomes a big game about let's pretend because it's about me. How do my kids turn out? How does my wife act? What does she, blah, 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 blah. It's all about me. But when we flourish in love, it's about how are we in relationship with Christ and each other. And it's a whole different game. So thank you, thank you. One more comment, anybody? Yeah, Kathy. So Kathy said, how can I, she wants to be one of these great grandmothers who's remembered. What can I do of eternal value now that will have eternal, eternal lasting value that people remember the love, the kingdom stuff that was expressed? Am I hitting you right? So Kathy's, Kathy does, Kathy's about my age, probably a little younger, 20 years younger. She doesn't know how many years she has, but hear, hear what Kathy's saying? I, I, want to, I want to do things of lasting, eternal value. So fundamentally, it's what? It's about love. The, the, word, the four Greek words for love, the one I'm using is agapao, to will the good of another. Very good. I'd say one more, one more, I won't quit. All right, now quit. Here's the action step. If I could remind you where we have been the previous weeks. Uh, slide number nine. So I want to, please, can I, if I haven't uh, discouraged you today, please come back for two more weeks. I got to turn the soil, two more weeks. But we gather to worship together so that we can recenter. Eugene Peterson's idea, we recenter on our God. And that allows us to be refilled with his goodness, his presence, his good gifts, so that we can reflourish. And then would you enjoy a Sabbath meal? Have a, if you can, have some traditions for Sunday afternoons or sometime over the weekend when you could just have a special meal. Could you read Ecclesiastes 1 through 11 and just say, what, does this mean anything to you? If so, what? And could you just bless each other? Could we just say words of blessing? I honor you. I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. I thank you. Please come back. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you 
And we praise you that you long for us to be women and men and boys and girls who can flourish in love. So we pray you'd help us to embrace our deaths honestly. And then you'd help us to choose to live intentionally so that we can be women and men and boys and girls who flourish in love. We acknowledge, Lord, you are the King of kings and you love us so much. Accept our thanks, accept our praise, and know of our love. In Jesus' name, amen.